June 11th, 2023. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim and Perek Tetzayin. If you recall, Perek Tetzayin has been describing to us, beginning the conversation about Tahara or Tahora. And uh, what Ramchal has been describing is that uh, he talked and he addressed Shelolishma uh, and Lishma, and instead of adopting the opinion of Tosafot, of some of the Rishonim, with regards to, well, it's okay when the Gemara says in Pesachim and Dafnun that Le'olam Ya'asok Adam Torah Mitzvot Shelolishma, Shemitok Shelolishma Balishma, it's Derech Kabod, Amenachi Kared B. And he's been moving us away from even that. He's been talking about the negative, even in such a reaction or approach to Avodat Hashem. Now, it's not that, and very clearly, it's not that he's negating, good morning, any uh, positive in such an approach. Uh, but uh, he quoted, for example, from the Midrash, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not mekapeach sachar kol birya. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reward for any positive action. But for Tahora to come to this state of purity, well, even in such an approach where there's any uh, interaction with regards to true intention and something else, uh, there's deficiencies there. And what we began and, and really uh, uh, fleshed out at the end of the class last week was uh, the concept which perhaps underlies Misilat Yesharim in this context, and that is that to be a true, as Nefesh HaChayim describes it, to manifest your humanity in its fullest, means to be a boher, means to be a person who determines and decides on your own. This is who I want to be and this is what I'm deciding to do. The creative capacity that we have is our vehicle to and in turn, to be um, determined in your actions by something else, by a... Uh, ulterior motive, well, you're by definition not full-fledged bohed. You're not in this entirely for the proper uh, proper reason. You're not in this lishma, and you lost that tahora. You lost the ability to tap into tzelem elokim. It's not to say, so to speak, that you won't have credit for it. That's in HaKadosh Baruch Mekapeach, but the words were sachar kol birya, or creatures. So you'll be rewarded as a creature, but as a human being, as ubaharta bahayim, the choice to believe, the choice to, to do, uh, that when you have any ulterior motive, you are not a part of. That's tahora. Uh, this purity means it's entire, it's uh, complete. We mentioned Sha'are Teshubav, Rabbeinu Yonah, in fact, talks about the distinction between kapara and tahara. When we talk about kippur, for example, the pasuk says, Ki bayom mikol So the pasuk talks about kapara, we generally translate that as atonement, and at the same time it talks about tahara. And uh, Sha'are Teshubah, who maintains in two places in his book, Rabbeinu Yonah, that there's a mitzvah ta'asem min ha-Torah, to do Teshubah and Kippur, uh, looks to distinguish between these two. What's Kapara and what's Tahara? So he says, throughout the year and at any time a person seeks to achieve Kapara, uh, really what you need to have are basic fundamentals. But if you want Tahara, you want full-fledged purity in this approach, it needs to be mikol sig vasiyah, needs to be entirely and fully all in, to the extent that, I remember one seeing in the book Mishnat Ya'avetz, that's Rabbi Yaakov B'Salel Jolti, he suggests that as a result, to distinguish between Teshuban, Kippur, and throughout the years, to distinguish between bare necessity in terms of approach, vidui, verbal expression, harata, regret for the past, kabbalah lahaban, acceptance for the future, and tahara means, no, it's all a part of this. 
anything and everything, all my actions are accounted for. I need an all-in. I'm not just pinpointing one thing and doing the bare necessities. I'm all-in in this. I'm entirely invested in this relationship. It's as a result, when we talk about tahora, that we talk about in the context of entering into the mikveh, even a small hatzitzah, even a small amount, will separate between the person and full purity. Tahora means a full-fledged approach. It means a person's mind and heart are attached to that which they want. A relationship is established in its truest sense when we're approaching it full-heartedly. I, I can speak certainly on behalf of myself, but I've spoken to many people who have experienced this in relationships. You can have a relationship where all the actions appear to match what they should be, but it isn't a complete relationship because a relationship which is complete means it's inspired by an all-in. I've mentioned in the past that maybe that's the ish of Ma'amad Har Sinai. Har Sinai, the Torah was not just given. The Torah was given with fire, in the words of the Hachamim, in several places. It was Be'ish Nitena. And you read the Pesukim, Parashat Yitron, Parashat Vayet Hanan, as this ish, Udvarav Shama'ata Mitoch Ha'ish. What's the fire which is consistently and constantly repeated? Yonatan Ben Uziel, Gemara in Sukkan Daf Kafhet, we've mentioned more than once. Anytime he'd be studying Torah, Kolof Poreach Me'alav, Miyad Nisraf says Tosafot, because the words were Semechink Nitinatan Misinai, because when he studied Torah, it was as if he was receiving it at Sinai. What's the fire in that context? I wonder. I wonder if the fire is that passion, that all-in spirit. It means a vision in which I'm not just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not just looking you in the eyes and saying yes, but I'm truly invested in this. This is who I am. This is definitive. That's the tahora that Misilat Yesharim, I think, is describing with regards to not only Avodash Bagashmiut, but with regards to Avodash Baruch Haniyut, he's talking about in the context of mitzvot. Vehu, Mashe David HaMelech, he writes here, Alav HaShalom Omer, Mili Bashamayim ve'immecha lo hafatzli ba'aretz. Who else is there for me in the heavens? And, Immecha lo hafatzli ba'aretz. There's nothing and nobody whom I want here in this, on the land. I'm entirely invested in you. My perspective, my trajectory, my direction is entirely defined by you, Bore Olam. That's the full Lishma, that's the Tahora that we're referring to. And so the Pasuk describes Imratecha, your, im, your Imra, your statement, God, is Sirufa. It's pristine and it's pure. Of course, that's going to be our Tahara. Abdecha and me, your slave, your servant, I, I am beloved. So the, the, the interesting reference in this pasuk, as will be the one afterwards, is the sirufa that Mesilat Yesharim is drawing from is not per se the actions of David, although David is reflecting my actions, my appreciation is also pristine. I approach you, Lishma, but your words are pure as well. What does it mean that God's words are pure? My understanding of it, but let's just read a few moment, if, a few more lines. We'll we'll draw it out. True avoda, absolute worship means that it's more refined than the most refined gold and silver. It's about which the Torah that we read. Imrot Adonai Amarot Tehorot Kesef Saruf Baalil. 
La'aretz mezukak shiv'atayim. The reference to the words of God again. Imrot Adonai are so mezukak, they're so refined, shiv'atayim, seven times over, so to speak. Again, the reference in these pesukim, although we're supposed to read them and understand them as our approach to it, I turn to you, God, without anything separating. It's furthermore, your words to me are direct. It's almost a reciprocal relationship, right? In other words, you've turned to me directly, and in turn, how could I not turn, return back to you in a direct fashion? What does it mean you turn to me directly? I would articulate it as follows. I've, uh, more, I've more than once uh, this past year mentioned how Shohan Aruch in Siman Taf Kof Peh mentions from the Midrash, mentions from Masechet Sofrim, that on the 8th of Tevet, we have a tradition that the Torah was translated into Greek, and it's a tragic day. In Sa'if Bet, in Tav Kof Peh, it writes that the Torah was translated into Greek, and as a result, we remember it as a tragic day to the extent that it's as bad as and as terrible as the day on which we crafted and worshipped the Egel HaZahav. What was the evil? What was the difficulty of translating the Torah into Greek? If anything, Yevanit is the language the Gemara and Megillah Daftet says is the most beautiful language aside from Lashon HaKodesh. A translation into Greek is so terrible. It's, it's like Heta Egel. And what's the reference? What's the uh, mention in that context? I, I wonder again if it's the same point. The moment we put any barrier between God's word and our ears, uh, we imagine that akin to Heta Egel where instead of saying, I want to hear your words, unadulterated, I just want to hear what you have to say to me without translating it. And I won't even understand all of that without a translation. But those are your words to me. There's something about the, the mouth-to-mouth, mouth-to-ear, the face-to-face experience, which can't be replaced with any translation. Le Mashal, it's a silly Mashal, but it's a true story. Early in my marriage, on my mother's birthday card, my mother, like many other mothers, takes her birthday very seriously. Birthday cards are not a uh, request, they're a demand. Uh, but instead of me writing it, my wife has better handwriting, oh, wow. so I commissioned her to write the card. It was not accepted uh, uh, well, uh, to state it lightly. And what my mother was saying to me, and, and said it, um, was that, uh, where were your words? So I said, oh, we kind of wrote it together, you know, with a little bit of a smirk. She said, oh, it's very nice that you signed your name at the bottom. Very beautiful, very nice. But I wanted your words to me. It's nice that it's coming from the two, but so to speak, she was feeling a translation. She knew that I love her. She knew I'm expressing in such a fashion, but there was a barrier. I've mentioned once or twice that in the book of the uh, in the beginning of the book Mehkere Aretz, that's a contemporary rabbi, Rabbi Hamim Shayo, and Siman Aleph of Helek Aleph. I haven't gotten much further. Um, he cites from She'elot Yishvot Rivvot Ephraim, Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt of Memphis, Sichron Olivracha, that he asked a question. He says that it says in Shohan Aruchin Siman Tzadichet that a person, when they're approaching Borei Olam in Amidah, they need to feel the presence and envision Shechina Kenegdo. You need to feel the Shechina Keneged Peneah Adam as you're praying Amidah. It's a bare necessity of Amidah. That's the baseline Kavanah, even if you don't have Kavanah Tamilim throughout. As I ask the question, it says, what's the necessity in Amidah specifically? In Siman Aleph, Shohan Aruch, and Joey knows this, he recited in the museum when he was younger, Shohan Aruch says, after saying that you need to wake up like an Ari in the morning, he says, furthermore, you need to, and he quotes from Ramah, even quotes it from More Nebuchim at the end of Hayle Gimal, that you're supposed to have a vision of Shiviti Adonai Lenegdi Tamid, if you're supposed to feel God's presence at all times. How you and why are you mentioning in the Amidah you need to have it? You're supposed to have it at all times. 
And Rabbi Shayo, uh, uh, Shalita, he writes at the beginning of, of, of that book, he says there's a basic distinction here. Again, it's nuanced, but it's basic. He says throughout the day, there needs to be, I would maybe use the word, a subconscious realization of God's presence in your life. Shekhinah kinegdo means that you're living with Borei Olam. In Amidah zone, when you're standing in Amidah, you need to feel the Panim El Panim experience. You need to feel that he's right there. It's imminent. It's in your consciousness. Why am I mentioning this over here? Because the Tahorah, Although a person could be an Oved Sheloli Shema, which means, as Mesilat Yesharim is defining it, I've mixed my Lishma with my Sheloli Shema. I'm doing the right things, but my intention, my direction is not pure and pristine. Uh, so then I have a general subconscious vision of where I'm heading and what I'm doing. But in the particulars, in the face-to-face encounter, I'm deficient. In the Bechirah Hovshit, in the exertion of myself, I'm not feeling it. I'm not actually invested. And as a result, he's quoting these Pesukim about Borei Olam's words to us. It's a, a beautiful uh, story that's told about Gaon Mivilna, Zichron Olivracha, by some of his students, that he had the ability, much like Maran Bet Yosef before him, to have angelic Magidim speak to him in his, in his sleep. He was able to tap into some celestial beings who would reveal to him, could reveal to him, secrets in Torah. I do not purport to explain or to understand what that means, but that's the statement. Maran wrote a full book called Magid Mesharim about this. It's a little jarring to those who've learned Shulchan Aruch. You never imagined this is... That's what he writes. Um, again, there's interesting things in there. For example, in one particular place in Magid Mesharim, he writes that he wrote in Beit Yosef two interpretations to something. It, uh, in the moment, I'm not remembering what it was. And in his dream, uh, he was told in the heavens, they like one of the two interpretations. So, so to speak, he was, it was in Parashat Vayakel. He was going to go back and he was going to erase one of them. And so then they say, no, 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 but HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves your chedvetad de'oraita. He loves your excitement in the Torah, so put them both in Beit Yosef. As if there's something to be said for that. But anyway, in Gaon Mivilna, but he wouldn't allow for any of these magidim, as the story goes, speak to him in his sleep. He didn't want that. Why not? So one people, one without reading it fully inside, people oftentimes quote and they say, it's because he wanted the amelut, he wanted the toiling. If you read his words specifically, he's more pointed on this. His pointed words on this are, I want, I'm searching for a yeshakeni minishikot pihu. I'm searching, I'm seeking a direct encounter. What Misilati Sharim describes over here in terms of the imra or the imrot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the, the saruf, the pure and pristine means there's no barrier, there's no translator. It doesn't need to go through any filter. It's for that reason that the Midrash says that when we translated the Torah, it was like Haita Egel. Haita Egel was the barrier. I can't get it directly. I'll build something to be my intermediary. We're supposed to be striving for more than that. So yes, this is a tall order. Who wouldn't want to? We have Misilat Yisharim in front of us with a translation. Okay, it's not the words of Borei Olam, but we use Humashim with translate. Nobody's arguing that it's inappropriate. What we are arguing, what we are understanding is a relationship in which I can have a clear and direct communication in which there's no barrier, in which there's no ulterior motives, is so much greater. It's a relationship as opposed to a mechanical engagement between two beings. That's as I understand. So again, he's been talking not so much in these pesukim about our approach, but as his approach. His approach to us, he gave us his words. How could we not give him our words in response? Misho Oved Hashem Be'emet, he writes, Lo yistapek baze b'mu'at, v'lo yitratze lakahat kesef me'ora b'sihim uvdilim. 
It says anyone who truly worships uh, and is Oved Hashem uh, wouldn't suffice, again, there's a relationship, would you suffice with indirect encounters? Would you suffice with a relationship which is engaged through text messages? Uh, that's bimuat. It doesn't mean you're not going to understand them. It doesn't mean you're not going to appreciate them, but it's not going to be a full-fledged relationship. It's not going to be one betahara. It's not going to be one which is mezukak. Why, Why would they want to take silver, which is filled with all sorts of other uh, foreign substances and so the, the parallel the nimshal to us is in which has directions which are wrongful and in such a circumstance such a person will be known as person who fulfills the mitzvah as it was stated about him about such a doer, the Gemara says, Masechet Shabbat, Kol HaOseh Mitzvah Kemma Amara, En Mevasirin Oto Besorot Raot, person who does it in such a fashion, Kemma Amara, he's defining for us that it's a Lishma to the extent there are no Peniot Raot, there's nothing else involved in this Avodah, En Mevasirin Oto Besorot Raot, the reciprocity, the direction back is, there's no negative news that will come your way. How does that work? Is that uh, tit for tat? Is that a quid pro quo? As I understand it is, when we tap into existence and the source of existence, our relationship as such is one which is defined by tahara, which is defined by a panim el panim. It means I'm walking with bore olam. It means I can't conceive I can't see besorot raot. I can't understand besorot raot. I have a broadened perspective. I have an understanding which now precludes the possibility of it being rav, of being evil. The Gemara Nedarim says, do things with the purpose of uh, their creative, and in turn, you should as well speak about them. Lishman, Lishman, we're defining as betahora. You hear the words over there. Again, that lashon of bechira brings us back to the conversation from last week. This is all about exerting ourselves through bechira hofshit. Are you are you motivated by ulterior motives? Well, that's not a full bechira. Are you motivated by a self-inspired connectedness to emet? That's a bechira. That's a selam elokim otam sheim ovdim Hashem belev shalem ki mishel lo nit dabek imoyit barach beahava amitit. uh, so what Mesilat Yisharim in these last few lines of this paragraph fleshes out is the seemingly seeming impossibility of this. We're flesh and blood. How can we bring ourselves to an absolute taharata nefesh, taharata guf, absolute commitment to something beyond and outside of ourselves? And his description first and foremost is it only a person a person who didn't have dibuk with ahava could say so. 
what's he describing? Again, he's describing, that's right. If you see and live as a separate entity, well, then you can't, in turn, outstretch. It's outstretching yourself entirely. You can't be so. If, alternatively, it's a full-fledged devekut, if you become part and parcel with the source of existence, well, then it's just uh, an emotive expression. And now it's just an expression of ahava. It's just who you are. It's definitional. If you understand, in other words, what he's describing is the only way, and not simple at all, he's admitting to that, that a person comes to this state and being is when there's a mental and emotional attachment to Borei Olam. If you're doing this, again, in a relationship, imagine a relationship with a spouse, with a parent, whatever the circumstance is, with a child, that if, if it's a relationship which is defined by actions, if it's a the relationship which is defined by laws, by just, I know I need to do this, yeah, I, I can't come to a full ahava. If alternatively, it's a relationship which is defined by, this is who I am, this is what, you know, the, the cute story of uh, Rabbi Aryeh Levin, Zichrono Livracha, he went to the doctor, and the doctor says to him with his wife, says to him, what's the matter? And he says, our leg is hurting us, because his wife's leg was hurting him, right? In other words, it was, it was a part and parcel of who he was. That's devekut. Devekut means this is definitional with regards to me. It's the only way you're going to come to this. Ahava, in truth, in the eyes of the Torah, in the eyes of the Hachamim, is oftentimes, if not always, defined by the expression of detaching myself from it. That's uh, the source for Kiddush Hashem and the Gemara and Masechet Sanhedrin and Dafa'in Dalit is It's not just an emotional connection, but to give up my life, to give up my money, is Ahava. That's what Ahava is defined as. Defined as and getting out of myself, realizing that it's not me separate from you, but we are one and the same. And as a result, how could I not give myself up because I am you and you are me? That's, that's tahora. That's the way he's describing this. Now, this is, of course, and now to, to our Harambam references from last week as well. It's very much Harambam at the end of Hilchot Teshubah. Harambam at the end of Hilchot Teshubah describes Ahava as a mindful expression of a person, constant connectedness to the other. A love-stricken person in Shir Hashirim is defined as someone who can't think of anything other than that being because they become part of that person themselves. Our love, our devotion, our dedicated to, our dedication to Borei Olam is through a constancy, a constant connectedness. As Misilat Yesharim, that's how you come to this Tahora. Tahora is defined as a totality of experience, of spirit, of self, because it's Davuk ba Hakadosh Baruchu be Ahava Amitit Serufa Abuda Hazot Yelul Torah Masa Gadol. A person who doesn't have this, it'll be quite a toil, it'll be impossible to achieve. You'll say, Mi and so on and so forth. Vine continues and concludes Mesilati Sharim, Zewa Mivhan, Shebonivhanim, Vinivdalim of De Hashem Atzman, Be Madre Gatam. If you want to discern, you want to decide how to separate the men from the boys, the grown ups from the children, the higher level individuals from the lower level individuals, it's Tahora. You can look at two relationships and say they're doing the same things. And one seems to be working seamlessly and the other one keep getting stuck in arguments and difficulties. What's the difference between the two? One is exerting tahora, which is manifested through divekut, 
that's that ish, that's that passion in which it encapsulates and incorporates my whole being and essence into this. And the other one is a mechanical expression of a shelolishma mixed with a lishma. So that's the, dif- the difference between Ovdeh Hashem uh, uh, um, what's the person who's mitaher more, the person who's more steadfastly and entirely dedicated is the more connected one. <laughs> He says, who were the paradigmatic ohavim? Who were the examples whom we turn to and we say, they did this, they achieved Tahora? It's the Avot, it's the one about Abraham Avinu, Harambam writes, was the Ohev Hashem Be'emet. Huma David Mazhir, and he describes them as Ro'im, they were the shepherds as well, more than one of our forefathers. Huma David Mazhir et El Shelomo Beno, Ki Levavot Doresh Adonai, it's kol levavot doresh Hashem. Borei Olam is searching for kol levavot. It's not just partially you, but it's your full expression. It's almost as if, well, he's not saying, it's almost as if there's a play on levavot over here, at least in my mind, and the bechol levavecha, which the hakamim have. I'm going to inject this. It's not misilat yesharim, and it's not mishle, but the hakamim have bechol levavecha. What's the description of bechol levavecha? Bechol b'shnei yitzrecha, b'yetzer hatov, or b'yetzer hara. Why do they envision it that way? Because instead of saying bechol levavecha, it says bechol levavecha. They understand that as two sides of you. Well, first and foremost, what's the statement? The statement is you entirely. Whoever you are is connected to Borei Olam. So that's already the reference over here. It's Becholivavecha. Tahora means everything is directed to Borei Olam. What does it mean to have your Yetzir Hara directed to Borei Olam? I bring it back to the creative capacity that we all have. We all have an ability to exert ourselves, to see things through our own eyes. I see things differently than you. I understand them differently than you. And each one of us have the ability to bring forth our vision, which could and should be a positive one. Why do we see Tzelem Elohim? I don't know if we expressed this fully last week, as the Bechira to be Bore, Bereshit Perek Aleph, where we talk about Tzelem Elohim. We talk about Elohim throughout that chapter. Who is Elohim in Bereshit Perek Aleph? He's the Bore. What are you going to say about him? He builds and he builds and he creates and he crafts. That's all he is. I don't know about relationship yet. And as a result, when we're created by Tzelem Elohim, it means you have the ability, this is what Nefesh Ha'im writes, to create as well. The description then is, well, you have all sorts of capacities. You have Yetzir HaTob, you have Yetzir Hara. Can you craft, can you format yourself to an expression of, 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 of godliness? The story that I've told more than once because it made an impression upon me is Rabbi Dr. Norman Lam Zichrona Livracha told us about his experience in Rabbi Salvechik Shior. He writes this as a, the introduction to the Sefer Hazikaron published by and Mossad Harav Kook is published elsewhere as well. It says he walked into the Shi'ur, I think it must have been the 1950s, uh, one day, and uh, the rabbi, Rabbi Salvechik, called on him to read or to explain the Tosafot they had discussed the week beforehand. And so he started reading the Tosafot and he explained, and the rabbi yelled and he said, No, I want to hear the explanation. So he says, Okay, so he explained what the rabbi had explained the week beforehand. And he yelled at him again. He said, 
basically dumbfounded. He didn't know what he did wrong. He said he was repeating what the rabbi said. And he said to him, Lamb, you want to know what the problem with you is? You only bring your Yetzir HaTobin to the Shi'ur, into the class every morning. Where's your Yetzir HaRa? In other words, he wanted the expression of Rabbi Lamb himself. How do you understand Tosav? You only see it the way the rabbi explained it to you? Can you not find something more within you that defines this circumstance? means with you in totality. You're not just following the mainstream because, and it's all positive. But you're not just doing as there. How are you making this your own? How is this becoming means this is who I am. Who I am is quote unquote my yetzer hara as well. My yetzer hara when funneled, when directed to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Well, that's definitional of tahara, ironically. And so too we have a statement in Zohar. The embodiment of mercy. He's searching, he's seeking, he needs Liba, he needs your heart, he needs your soul, he needs your connectedness. Ki endai la adon baruchu b'maasim levadam sheyihiyu maase mitzvah ela haikar lefanav shehalev yihiyeh tahor lechaven ba la avoda amitit. Actions are insufficient. A relationship is not built based on actions alone. It needs to be an avoda amitit. An avoda amitit, a truth for avoda, is one which is defined by an expression of tahara, of full-heartedness and directedness. Siladishim concludes by pointing out what might be obvious, but the Hakamim certainly draw attention to this. Our mind and our emotions will define oftentimes our actions as well. That's not to say that our actions can't change our mind and, and, and heart, but our minds and heart are definitive with regards to determining what I'll do. Ki where we want to be, where we're committed to being, what we have as our perspective, that in turn will define what we do. turns to us and says, give me your heart, provide me your mind. Okay, so that introduced us to the, the, uh, these, this midah called tahora. Tahora, to state it in a sentence, means a clear and steadfast commitment without any ulterior motives. The Shilolishma mentioned by the Hachamim, although we knew it was bidi'avad, not ideal, Mesilat Yesharim says, look at what you're missing out on. He accentuates the negative in the Shilolishma. He doesn't deny the ability to achieve in Shilolishma, but he does say you wouldn't want the direct encounter. You're not searching for the conversation with Borei Olam. You don't want to speak to him without a translator. How could that be? Why would you be sufficing with a translator? That's not you. That's someone else's words. No, but he'll understand me better. He might understand your words better. He'll understand you better. Continues Mesilat What are the darke kiniyata tahora? How does a person come to achieving, to acquiring, so to speak, tahora? Of course, they're easy if you've already achieved the midot that we've mentioned and delineated until now. 
הנה כשיחשוב יתבונן על פי חיתות תענוגי העולם וטובותיו כמו שנזכר למעלה if you'll um, um, go through and let uh, become a part of you the of vanities, the lowliness of vanities, the expression of uh, going after our ta'ava, our desires and worldly pursuits, and we realize how low they are. Yim'as bahim, v'lo yachshivim, ela l'ra'ot, l'chesronot ha'teva, humrim, ha'yachashuch v'hagas. You'll understand, you'll realize, you'll perceive how that's the uh, thick and dense uh, existence, which is a chisaron, which is a detriment to any Uh, achievement of positive and when that becomes true when, when, when in your mind that is the only way to see it that they are negative that they are evil then it's easy to separate from them take them out of your mind and heart as a result the more depth we add to our own minds and life The more constancy we have with regards to understanding the lowliness of the Humriyut, the Ta'anugim, יותר ינקל לו לטהל מחשבותיו ליבו שלא לפנות אל היצר כלל בשום מעשה מן המעשים, אלא יהיה במעשים החומריים כאנוס לא זולת. The fact that you'll need to eat, the fact that you need to sleep, the fact that you need to maintain yourself as a physical being, that will be seen, so to speak, as an anus. It's against your will, it's just what you need to do. The more you realize, the more you understand and accept that those pursuits are vain pursuits, that those pursuits are not what define you as an Ovid, as, a, as an individual, the easier it'll be to come to Tahora. Ve'omran, kemo she Tahorat ha-machshava hilaknuha lishne halakim, the same way we talked about machshava, mindset, and Tahara in two ways, ha-echad ma'asim ha-gufanim ve'echad ma'asim ha-avoda, one with regards to physical, material pursuits, and the other with regards to עבודת השם כן העיון המצטרך כדי לקנותה יתחלק לשניים. So too, the עיון, the way we look into achieving this needs to be broken into two. Again, there are two dimensions. There's a dimension my everyday life and then there's a dimension within my spiritual life. Each one of them I want tahorayin. כי הנה לטהר מחשבתו מעשה גופניותו הדרך הוא להתמיד הסתכלותו על פחיתות העולם תענוגיו כמו שכתבנו. This is in order to draw yourself away from obsession and connection to this world. All right, so focus, as we mentioned, on the lowly status, on the negative side of those actions and involvements. How are you going to come to taharat halev ha-moach in avodat Hashem? To the lishma, yarbeh itbonenuto al tarmid takabod uchzavav v'yavgil atzmo livroach mimenu. You have to condition yourself. You need cognitive behavioral therapy. You need to consistently and constantly be reminding yourself through mindfulness, through actions, that the kabod, that the grandeur, that the dignity, that the majesty that has arrived through anything that you're doing is wrong. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't seem that way. You won't be told that, but that's a constant mindfulness. Chacham Vadya Yosef, it says in the biography of his grandson, used to... 
I don't know, always, but often when he was at uh, gatherings and they were talking about him, he would be muttering to himself. His grandson described that he listened once and he was repeating to himself the vanities, the wrongfulness, the nothingness, the fakeness of any honorifics that are given to a person. He would just, I, I see that as an expression of this. Instead of letting it potentially get to you, you have to constantly be doing so. But I've done it a hundred times. But I know, it's who I am. Uh, not simple. That's what he's making clear. You can you can overcome gufaniyut quicker than you can overcome avodah, your worship in the spiritual domain, which is shelolishma azinake be'et avodato mipenot el hashevach vel hatehila sheyahaleluhu bnei adam tiyem achshato pone biyehud el adonai asher hu tehilatenu hu kol tuvenu ushlemutenu ve'efesulato v'chenu omer hu Pasuk describes that as an absolute shilemut, a complete nature of an, uh, of, of an attachment, of a connectedness to Borei Olam. Misilat Yesharim has been and will describe Keniyat Tahora. And again, he told us at the end of last Perek that those who achieved, so to speak, Ahava, which is the sister of Tahora, are the Avot. I, I like to mention how Abraham Avinu, at the beginning of his journey, and I, don't, I like to mention, I liked, used to, like the interview kids on this, we used to ask them to read Perek Yod Bet and Bereshit. So the Pasuk describes how HaKadosh Baruch tells him, Lech Lecha, Me'artcham, Molaitcham, Bet Avif, difficult to go to a place. So the question always is, but Borei Olam speaking to you, is that a real challenge? Is that hard? I, you know, and you're 100% sure, you got a prophetic vision. God's speaking to you and telling you to detach. Oh, what, what, what do you have at risk? What's more is, there's promises. All goodness from God and your certain God. Say, no, but it's vulnerable and it's difficult attaching from family and a birthplace. Come on. That's God talking to you. What's the greatness? So Or HaChayim HaKadosh, if I remember correctly, is Medayek in the Pasuk, that the Pasuk says that Avraham goes, Ka'asher Diber Elav Adonai. Those are extra words. Ka'asher Diber Elav Adonai. As God spoke to him, or when God spoke to him. Depending on how you define it. Either way you slice it, it says Or HaChayim HaKadosh. The greatness of Avraham in that moment was not only that he detaches, not only the vulnerability, because Borei Olam, it's Kadosh Baruch speaking to you. It's that he did it the challenge, ironically, was not for everything else. He did it because that's it. He did it because he knew that's what I should be doing. And to come to that is, is, is very difficult. That's what Mr. Ladishanim is describing over here. He says, you can come to it in your life. You can come to you can say, this is the right path. This is the God path. That we can do. Uh, it's not easy, but we can get there, and it's hard, and we'll spend time. Now you're on the God path. Why are you doing the God path? For the sachar of what people will say about you? For even the sachar of what he's going to give to you? Oh, that's where we separate an ohev and someone who's not. That's the madregot that he described that distinguished the ohev be'emet and the oh, or the oved be'emet and an oved who's otherwise. Uh, not simple. Uh, there are, as Mesilat Yesharim has made clear to us, not in Tahora, but he talked about this earlier, in any and every one of these character traits of these midot that we've been discussing, there are levels, and we're searching and seeking in our lives as much as we can perceive, as much as we can achieve, to come to a point where everything's lishma is, is very difficult. To come to be an ohev like Abraham Avinu is nearly impossible. To seek, to strive, to search for that well, that I understand is what it's all about. But I don't know. Amen, amen.